0: Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. I'm Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from SuperGoodCamping.com. We're here because we're on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today's guest is just a wee bit of a canoe and canoeing enthusiast. He has a popular YouTube channel called KC Happy Camper that chronicles his myriad adventures, many of which are hilarious. If you've ever seen or heard an interview about camping or Ontario parks, chances are it was Kevin. He writes... Columns and blogs for Explore Magazine and Paddling Magazine. He also wrote books, 18 of them in fact. Please welcome the happy camper, Kevin Cowan.
1: Yay! Woo! I, I, I love that you put A in there. Hey, A. <laughs> we're yes. Canadian, eh? Yeah, we're Canadian, eh? <laughs> I love to paddle, eh?
2: Exactly, right? Following in the fine footsteps of Bob and Doug, right?
1: Uh, everybody should know <laughs> those. that that was funny growing up exactly, <laughs> aux- exactly. Welt- <coughs> angel we're fine we're just i'm, I'm on a podcast very important
2: <laughs> Farley thinks our puppy when it's time for scratches it's time for scratches i don't really care what you're doing but yeah, i well, have to go to the washer no 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 scratches
1: yeah. dogs are very self-interested
2: <laughs> they they are but they're good fun so thank you very much for coming and taking the time out of your wickedly busy busy schedule, especially now that you're done with school. Because I know you're headed in the back country somewhere. Yeah, yeah it are.
1: happened today. Well, I was actually quite excited. Uh, actually, I had a I, I had a great bunch uh, this semester. I always do, but they were fantastic. They're all messed up, but they were fantastic. They were, uh, lowest mark was ninety seven percent. Ninety seven. Oh. These are these are kids that never were going to finish high school. Probably go on the street. Probably go to prison. Ninety seven percent. They knew. Their trees, like no tomorrow. And it wasn't just memor- memorization. They were just, uh, it was so cool. They gave me gifts. We got pizza. We went out in the woods and got swatted by mosquitoes. It was, it was good. It was a good day. It was a really good
2: day. Yeah. Very cool. You must yeah. be proud.
1: Yeah, it was a really good day, actually. And, and the colleagues I work with, um because it's just not, not me, right? I, I just teach them the species ID. So we got a counselor, we got a teacher, whatever. I just come in and, like, okay, here's the trees. But of all the years I've been teaching, I've never had any negative colleague. Like, the well, whoever takes that job has got to be, there because they want to be there because really they could just I mean I'm part-time but they're full-time they could just take a normal job and but they, they don't so it was good it was really good I'm glad good. you can tell I, I I've been in the woods all day I'm bitten <laughs> alive the mosquitoes are out by the way holy well, jumping
2: well here in Toronto they're not but I've heard I keep hearing nasty black fly things from, yeah, from bad are yeah. I don't
1: know why the black flies are bad. Well, the water level was high, so in in the rivers, so that makes sense that they would be bad. We need a really hot. I hate the heat, but we need a really hot few days to burn them off. So yeah, I was in a golf last week, and first of all, the black flies are bad, but also going with Speedo Man, I have B roll <laughs> that nobody should ever see of that man. Nobody will ever ever see. Excellent it's just wrong
2: b-man and andy are my favorites to hang with you i yeah. just it's i i love watching your videos you know um, what's
1: really cool about those two guys is that they're well they're not my neighbors now because i moved up to bruce Wayne's whatever but they were my neighbors that's how i met them they both were my neighbors hey how you doing helped them work on the fence whatever hey, oh, you you can oh, i canoe. do oh, no you fish oh i can fish and oh oh that's the alarm saying i should be on your show <laughs> 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 oh my lord But it was so nice to actually know just random people for no other reason and just find out that they're really funny and very passionate about being out there as well. I'm really grateful to have friends like that. First of all, Ashley is a really good friend because he has no concept of the canoe world whatsoever. He's not on social media. He doesn't even know. He's known as the Speedo Man. Like, he knows none of this. He just wants to go out fishing because he works at a factory and makes wire. And he he just has fun going out with me. He could care less when I put the camera on. And then... Andy, he's a manager for species at rest of the MNR. He's a very serious man at work. I didn't know know that, but and uh, yeah, he just wants to go out there. And he's the red. Oh, what's the skeleton? The skeleton guy. Oh, not red, red wing, skeleton. No. Red yeah. skeleton. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he is the comedy. But I went to his work once, and I gave him a presentation, and I showed videos of him. And his entire staff were like, "What?" Because I guess he goes to work very seriously with Ty tie, and yeah,
2: it's really funny. I never would have heard of that because he is he's hilarious.
1: Yeah, I think willingness does that to us. It brings out our our true character there's no facade out there and it brings out our relaxation and i the last video i think kind of proved i was wondering why so many people were watching the last video because it's a good video but it's got a lot more views than than my others i go what's going on and it's because everybody's seeing themselves in that video good food good camaraderie good fishing thank goodness we're in Gonquin. we haven't been here for three years because of covid right I think everybody's seeing that. It was almost like Bill, Bill Mason's water walker. We're seeing ourselves in that red canoe. Who cares about, about Bill Mason, who he was? We're watching water walker because we want to be in his canoe. I think that, that's what's going on right
2: now. Cool. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Having a chat with Camper Christina, literally the first question I asked her was like, how awesome was it to be back at the outdoor adventure show? Like, and presenting to boot? Because that's the thing that the amazing Ontario camping community, like especially all the YouTubers and stuff, there's so many of them. You guys all get together. You all get to do that meeting and see each other and have a yak and blah, blah, blah. And it's been missing for years, for two years. It, it was uh, the
1: Toronto show to be... Quite honestly, it was, was a love fest for YouTubers. It really was. And social media people. And I'm not saying that as a negative thing. No, no. Um, because you think about it and you think about my, my life. Usually in the springtime, and I've done this for years, I do a tour. So I start in February and end around this time of early June. And I do 45 to 50 shows. In U.S., Wales, England, Canada, across Canada. I do all these shows. And then that all stopped. And then I did it on social media, which was good for a while. And then after a while, I was like, oh, I think people are getting bored with this. And then that Toronto show was my first time on stage for three years before everything got shut down. And it was just five minutes before that, I thought of that. I went, oh, oh, I'm on stage. I haven't done this for three years. I'm going to (laughs) vomit. And it was fine. Everything worked out fine. And actually, I, I really had a blast doing that. And it proved when I was driving home, I went, this is proof that the live show is better than the social. I got the whole social thing, but, and that's what we had to do. We had to be creative. But being on stage in front of real people, real paddlers, real passionate people, and especially other people in the, in the market. Oh, oh, dog, come on, settle down. <laughs> to be with my colleagues, too, especially, right? And to see how many young people were there and young YouTubers and young bloggers and young, passionate people. That means a lot to me and a lot to my generation, right? Because I remember years ago when I started doing a bunch of things and a bunch of very pompous paddlers, like, Oh, canoeing is done. It's dead. You know, these people, these young people don't care. It's like, go to hell. And then to see what happened
0: at the Toronto show, boom, they were wrong. Absolutely wrong. Well, Christina said, we weren't sure if anybody was even going to show up. But she said it was great.
2: Yeah. And I, I don't want to sidetrack, but I totally agree. Like there's so many more young upcoming, in particular in the, in the YouTube and the Instagram world, but they are. They're passionate. Tencent Timber, your little video when you were at the show and you kind of got everybody in a big pile and then you spun the camera around and everyone went, woo, and they were totally blown away that you even knew that they were YouTubers and stuff. And I'm like, but you guys do great stuff. You're young, you're upcoming, why wouldn't we be paying attention to what it is that you're doing, because it's, it's something that we all love and, and that we're sort of, I don't know, protective of, and, and we want to enthuse kids, sorry, kids, anybody south of 40 is a kid to me, uh, we want to enthuse kids to get out there to do those things, right?
1: Yeah, but they are getting out there, and I, I think it's really great. And also, like, you know, I, I do hear, oh, well, you know, these YouTube adventurers, and they're narcissistic and whatever. And, and actually, some are, to be quite honest, they are. But I've, I have my fan base I love watching. I, I literally can't wait to see some of them. And I sit down, I'm very excited. And everybody goes, really, you? I went, what, because I'm old? What the hell's wrong with you? Because like, um, what what's kept me going is, so I teach young people, and I have to keep them inspired. If I don't keep up with the times, I'm done, right? And they've helped me along the way, to be quite honest. And today, uh, I finished my class, and we watched um, some some videos about going out in the outdoors, and they're all pumped, they're all excited. And they they listed off all the people that they watch on YouTube, and it was all young people, right? And those outdoor adventure people that some people knocked. I, and I do got to say, there are some that are narcissistic weirdos that should not be on YouTube, um, and they should really think of what they're doing, but the majority are not. And I, I think that's really important. My, I'm blabbing a lot. You can tell I was outdoors all day.
2: It's not a bad thing. You're one of the most recognizable faces publicly, of the certainly of the Canadian camping and, and canoeing community. You just mentioned recently. You do do some worldwide stuff, which is very cool. Why do you do it? What's your end goal? Like that's a lot of work, man. Why?
1: Yeah. Well. Well. How I do it is because I'm hyper. I mean, (laughs) uh, and also uh, I'm the calmest. I I have three older sisters, and I'm I'm the I'm the calm one. So I have a wedding this Saturday. Uh, My sister's daughter's getting married, and um, all the calendars are going to be there. And my daughter was telling my partner Christine. She goes. You do realize that Dad is the calmest of them all. She goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. So I need to do be doing something. Um, so that, can get, but why I do it? Ever since my youth, uh, to be quite honest, I wanted to make a change in the world. That sounds really sappy. It really does. But I did. I always want to make a difference. So I was deep thought everything. I said, "Okay, well." if the world comes to an end, at least I try to do something, right? I've always believed that if we reconnect with nature, because we're all from wilderness, we're all from it, we're all born from it, every culture, or unless even less aliens, whatever, but, but we're all born from it. If we can get people back to wilderness and reconnect with it, then when things go bad and we need to save it, they'll want to save it because they're connected to it. If they're not connected to it, they don't care. They just want to make sure their internet works during a, during a ma- massive thunderstorm that just happened Couple of days ago, right? Yep. Which is really interesting. Uh, all that happens, like I saw that happen a, a few days ago here. Like, so there's a bunch of people. We all gathered. I was making coffee on my my camp stove because the power was out. Everybody knew that I was the camper, so I, they'd get coffee for me. Yep. But other people were like zombie world. They were yelling at everybody. They were getting angry because there was no gas. This is actually half a day into the storm. Not two days. Not three days. A half a day. They couldn't get groceries or gas and they were yelling and screaming at everybody. And I was like, wow, if I was in the woods, I would care less if the, like the storm happened. It was brutal. But after five minutes, I'll be like, okay, well.
2: Okay, moving on.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm blabbing again. Sorry. I, 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 I don't know. A long day. But the idea is, is, is to uh, why I did this is to reconnect people to want to save it. And Kirk Whipper actually helped me focus because I was scattered a lot in my youth. I was doing all these jobs trying to do that. Kirk Whipper, the founder of the Canoe Museum. Uh, He came to me and and during one of my presentations, he goes, my God, you're hyper. Oh, my God. And he goes, you got to focus. I went, well, how would I focus? He goes, number one job is for you to get them out there. How are we going to do that? And that's why I started writing guidebooks. That's exactly why I started writing guidebooks, because guidebooks would get them out there. And those guidebooks, if you read them, sort of have you know hidden messages about why you want to be out there. It's it's not really about going from A to B. If you read my guidebooks, it's about the importance of of going from A to B. The the book will get you there, but their messages are far beyond that. So
2: yeah, no, for sure. One of my favorites is once around Algonquin. While I'm not up to the meanest link. no don't do it it's the
1: stupidest trip ever. so that's
2: that's the thing it's i'm slightly younger than you and i'm i'm well aware of my limits not a chance especially after doing that reading that yeah no but great story nonetheless like i really really enjoyed it and i could see where somebody who wanted or foolish enough to to test themselves they would be like yeah that's that's a great idea and they would go out and do it younger more fit people.
1: Well, I mean, we got criticized for that whole trip, but I'm not holding anything back of why I did that trip. I mean, I did not do it as a race. I I actually, hats off to the people who do it as a race. So I'm not knocking them. That was not me or never will be me because I want to spend, you know, the majority of time uh, as I can out in the woods. But there's a few things behind the curtain that people didn't know what was going on when I did the trip. One is my buddy and I turned 50 at the time. I was doing a lot of shows. Like I was traveling a lot. And it was during February, uh, January, February, where y- you have these great ideas during January, February, because there's no black flies, no mosquitoes. There's no blo- Like you have this, oh, I, got- I can't wait to do this. <laughs> so uh, I had this idea to do the Meanest Blank. I thought it would be a good storyline. CBC Radio that they do some work with. They thought it was a great idea. These two 50-year-olds. My buddy Andy didn't even look at any, any of the emails. He just said, well, just pick me up because that's what you always do. Because he always did do that. I, he had no clue what all these books I've, I've written and he's been with me. He's like, whatever, Kevin. But on that trip, uh, he, he had knee surgery at, at the end of it. like he, that he, didn't, he actually didn't tell me for a year later. But also what was going on was my, my wife at the time for many years too wanted a separation. But nobody knew. And I just needed to get the heck out of Dodge to rethink. And it was willingness that soothed my soul. And during that trip, those long portages meant nothing to me at that time. Poor Andy. It did. It hurt him to hell. But to me, I could care less because I needed to be out. Either that or talk to some psychologist uh, or go off and do the meanest thing. So I did the meanest thing, And then he didn't know that even though at the time that I was going on. And later on, he did. He goes, oh, I get why you did that trip.
2: So,
0: yeah. Nature therapy.
2: Yep, it's not a bad thing. Two more questions, and then I, I want to talk books. What are your plans for this year? Do you have specific itinerary? Do you have like forty seven trips planned? What's your plans for twenty twenty two?
1: Yeah, lots of plans this semester. Or this semester, oh, my god,
2: <laughs> one uh, not even sure. a full day out of school. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. So, I work for myself. So, I teach part time at the college, been doing that for 34 years. So, basically, when I finish a contract, I'm done. I don't even know if I have employment at the college until they call, call me in the fall. So, which was always good and bad for, for my paycheck, really bad. I mean, at the college, I'll make $24,000 a year teaching those, those students, right? Full time people make $120,000 right? Or 80,000 minimum, right? Financially, that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done. I should have been teaching there full-time. But when I was teaching there part-time, I was able to go out and write during the summer. So I worked for myself. As a Canadian writer, just everybody knows- 12 bucks a year. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) You make 8% royalty on a book, right? 8%. So that's not a lot of money, right? But I knew that. I knew that going into it. So it's no surprise. But it always gave me a reason to go out. You always need a reason. Because you'd be sitting on the couch. You're like, oh, the bugs are bad. it's a heat wave. And also So my reason uh, this year or this a season, they're going to redo the top 60 canoe routes, And I've done a lot of redos for the main publisher because books are selling really well because of COVID. Everybody's going out in the woods, right? And so they said, can you do top 70? I went, yeah, I could do that. And could you have it done? There, yeah. So th- I have to redo that book because it's almost sold out, by the way and they said we need it by august 19th the the 10 roots i was like what (laughs) what like like it takes me probably even two years to write a book right so i was like i can't do that i went yes i can so i finished work today at the college i head out next week and june and july i'm basically in the bush doing those roots and that's a reason and it's funny um Andy and Tim and all them, they usually go and they, they, they like planning because they have normal lives. And I, I actually told them the other day, I went, guys, here are the days I'm going. If you want to go, follow my car and we'll go. But I'm not waiting for you because I, I have to do this book by August 19th. So that's kind of cool. So I'm doing the, the West uh, west Bay of Lake Nipissing, um, the whole shore of Lake Nipissing. I think that's a really cool route that I, I did years ago, but I want to redo again. I'm going to do circumnavigate all of Lake Tomogamy even though it's a busy lake but it's a really good route i don't know if you've done that before but the entire circumnavigation of, of lake tomogamy i'm doing some inland tomogamy i'm doing uh a whole bunch of bunch of places yeah yeah cool
2: our youngest just got an offer from uh, ontario parks to go to m- martin, river. martin river and
1: finley sun
0: point
2: finley sun point. oh
1: those are great parks uh, martin river especially so what's he doing there
2: who knows park I, I, ranger yeah like a, I, I'm, oh, I'm sure he's, he's gate or pressure washing yeah. the <laughs> comfort dreams. stations yeah. and yeah. stuff but well that goes with the job yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah who cares get get out there you know they're, they're entry points for for tomogamy which is that that's amazing stuff yeah and he he's away from staring at his phone all day so i'm good
1: yeah that's good and, you know and he, he'll also tell you that the, the pay is crap through ontario parks but the experience is is awesome so Um, I got to say like all the jobs I've had, uh, in the outdoors, the pay was always crap. Which why was really good is that you meet the people they really like to meet because they know the pay is crap. They're not there for the pay. They're there for the,
2: out of curiosity, ballpark, how many camping days a year do you do? Uh,
1: at least 60 or I, I get very upset with myself. So uh, since the very beginning, 60 nights or more or don't do it.
2: Cool. I'm very envious. That's my, my dad is man. I don't even know how old he is now. I'm going to get in trouble for that 70 something. And up until about four years ago, that was his target for ski days. Cause he's oh, wow. okay. junkie. Yeah.
1: In the heyday, when I did those guidebooks, well, I still do the guidebooks, whatever. It sounded like a freaking lover boy band, whatever, but, but the idea of uh, a heyday, I would go up North and I would have those barrels, which we now know but back, but back then nobody knew. but I would dehydrate meals in the winter time and I'd have a, series of barrels in my truck at the time. And I would do one 10 day trip. I'd do the Still River, flip my barrel, do the my casenda, flip the barrel. When I was working on those, and then when my daughter was born, she'd come up with me and she was doing all those trips when she was just a wee little girl. And it just was a life at the time. So it would be tough not to do that. And it also gives me reason. Like I need to be out for sixty days. And um and then in the time, I get real and say, okay, pull your socks up and make some type of living. So
2: yeah. It you know what I'm so glad that you have the opportunity to do that, to live that lifestyle and that it works for you. That's yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah. It's not for everybody, but it was good for me.
2: Cool. So you mentioned the top sixty is gonna get a new right. Was it the Killarney in French that's getting another edition as well?
1: Yeah, so uh, so that's out now. So the first edition went out a print and now it's the second edition's out now. The second edition of the Winter Camping Book. Yeah, so that's old. Uh, the new one's out now. It's got bunch more roots in it, updated, whatever. But that's the sign of the time, which really, you guys, your audience would find this really interesting. The publisher, uh, the owner of Firefly, like, he doesn't camp, whatever. And I don't really talk to him. I talk to the designers and the, and the editors, whatever, I don't really know the owner of firefly right. and he sent me a, a handwritten note like a like a letter and he said why are your books selling so well right now they're all going out of print and the one especially is the lost canary book which he doesn't know if we they should redo and when well, it, people are like going nuts trying to get that book. He goes, why? Why are they doing this, Kevin? I went, because of COVID. Everybody's going out in the woods right now, and they're doing really well. So I got to say, I'm doing all these rewrites thanks to COVID. Not that I like COVID, but...
2: No, but it certainly has shaken up the camping world. I mean, for me, I'm a I'm a lunatic planner. I book them five months out, and I don't do the five months in 28 days. But boy... Was it a challenge to book five months out for the last two years because yeah. everybody else figured out the loophole of the 28 days? And there's so many people booking, it's just been yeah. insane,
1: yeah. And that's a yin and yang, that's a double H sword, right? So, I, I, you know, all my entire life, I've been trying to get pe- people outdoors. That's my entire career. I don't know how many radio shows, how many TV shows, how many podcasts I've ever done to try and do that. All I had to do is wait for COVID, right? So, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's been a real change. One of the comments with Christina was just the amount of the the amount of campsites you got to and went, oh, somebody who doesn't know about backcountry has been here. I mean, it's not that we haven't had them all along, but wow, just the the new level.
1: Yeah, the etiquette has been really bad the last couple of years by a very small percentage. But when you see that small percentage, it's pretty harsh. It is. And so you would have a lot of. Older people that are saying, not older people, more seasoned people are saying these COVID campers, how dare they damn them to hell. At the end of the day, they'll, they'll go away because when COVID sort of releases itself, they'll all go to you know, to Mexico and to Hawaii and do the cruises.
2: Back to doing um, the things that they Yeah, did. They
1: won't do the outdoors as their new adventure because they've got nothing else to do. We will retain probably I'm guessing 10 to 12% of those people that will be hardcore and we need to educate them and maybe enforce some of them because they're just being idiots, but we'll have to educate them. And this has been going on since the beginning of time. After World War One, after World War Two, after the Great Depression, after even the depression in the nineteen nineteen eighty nine, I think it was. Right. So no nineteen eighty two. So basically, outdoor pursuits went up. It curtailed, and then sort of we have a hard, hard, hardcore people. That's a good thing, guys. That's not a negative. But right now, yeah, absolutely. You get to that campsite and see what they've done. You want to, you know,
2: say bad words.
1: Put them in prison.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep, yep, for sure. So we're headed towards running out of time. Briefly, you've got another book coming out. It's a new one. It's not it's not a reprint or sorry, it's not a new edition. It's a new cool. book. Your memoirs. Give us, yeah, a why?
1: Why a memoir? I'm only 58 years old. Okay, so, memoir, first of all, <laughs> is it's not something you write, it's, it's not an autobiography, it's not a biography. And, memoir is the idea. In fact, Margaret Atwood talked to me about this during the whole lockdown. She was a memoir is basically uh, something that's meaningful in your life that focuses you in your life. And what happened? The memoir is all about me being high anxiety major when growing up. I had a stuttering problem, I was very shy. Yeah, you know, I'm not like who I am now, so whatever happened, I don't know. But, what I did to help that. Now I'm still obviously high anxiety. I've always gone in, into the wilderness to cure that. So the book is based on my career since a kid until now, of all the ways I figured out how to go in the woods to c- cure my anxiety. So it, it's another another bend in the river. And it's all about basically the whole memoir is about going and continuing as opposed to thinking of the past. So uh it started off just to be a bunch of willingness essays I was writing during the pandemic, and I couldn't write crap. During the pandemic, uh, Margaret, I was, was in the green room with me at CBC Radio, and I said, "Margaret, like I, I, like I can't write anything." She goes, "Well, you should. You should be able to write lots right now." Like, I got nothing. I got nothing. I tried, and but then when I started going canoeing again, I came back, and the two months I wrote it all down, gave it to my uh, editor, and she said, "Oh, you just wrote your memoir." I went. I didn't she goes, yeah, this is a memoir. What are you just wrote it so it's self published. And I know we're running out of time, but I'll, I'll give the whole rundown of self publishing because a lot of people are questioning about this. So I've written 18 books on uh, actually, you know, 17 books um, with Firefly, which is a large publisher, largest in, in, in Canada. And then I, when I did Once Around the Gumpen, I wanted to do something separate on my own because sandy Moet, which is harley Moet's son i worked with him at cbc radio and he goes kevin you should self-publish And so well, i don't want to self-publish because self-publishing authors aren't really authors he goes yeah that was 10 years ago kevin things are progressed right now and he goes you do everything everything possible for that publisher and you make eight percent so when i self-published the once around Algonquin i was making 70 percent on that book that's a huge difference right and so i decided to this book Because nobody else would publish it. It's just a memoir of Kevin Callum. Who who, could darn about that, right? So um, I'd rather do it on my own. But what was really nice is I know all these people in the past that are, are helping me out. So I hired a really good editor that's edited all my other books from Firefly. I hired them separately. I hired designers separately. I know them all. They're really good friends. It's good to be being old and knowing all these people as really good friends.
2: Yay. I'm glad. I had concerns about you publishing a memoir. It's like, why? Why is he doing that? Is he is he easing his way out of the public life? Because you're you're probably, certainly for my money, you're the most public face for the camping canoeing community, certainly here in Canada. Seriously. Anytime you know you hear an interview about Ontario Parks, camping, canoeing, you name it on CBC, on CTV, on I'm sure I heard you on CHCH at one point, seen you on, it's like like You're the guy. So you do, again, for my money, you do so much education. For those that don't have as much of an interest in it or or aren't as serious about it, you put that out there for them. So I would be very sad if you were going, well, you know, maybe I'm just going to chill a little bit.
1: Oh, I'm not chilling at all. No, no. This memoir is not a chill thing at all. In fact, I've already got three books on the go right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No. It was just a cool idea. And I don't know. I just wrote it. I I think... at the end of the day, uh, if anybody's out there saying, I want to write a book, just write it and then try to publish it. Don't say, well, you know, how do I publish a book? Well, just do it. Like, it sounds so friggin' cliche, but just friggin' do it. And people will say, well, it's a lot of work. Well, you know, I can't help you there. You say it's a lot of work and you can't do it. I can't help you. Yep. <laughs> so it's one of those things where if you have passion for anything in your life, you will make it happen. Just do it.
2: Yep, yeah. I hear you. All right. Well, I think two
0: little bits I wanted to add. One was I so appreciate your candor about your personal struggles that you interweave that in with your book. I thought that's so it's so great that you're open about stuff like that. It helps other people with mental health issues or or with their anxiety or their depression or whatever it is they're trying to go through. Second thing was when we had to go virtual, I'm a Beaver Scout leader. When we had to go virtual in the pandemic, I was trying to engage Beaver Scouts who are like five to seven years old and trying to get them their badge requirements. And one of them was they had to identify wildflowers. And I thought, well, how am I going to teach them wildflowers? And sure enough, I found a Kevin Kellen video with you and Kyla, I think was in it with your dog. And you're walking around talking about wildflowers. I thought this is perfect. So I it to our Beaver Scout.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing that, that that's the Kevin Cowan people don't know in the happy camper world because what I teach at the college th- that my students have no clue that I'm the happy camper because w- it doesn't matter right it, it's the because uh, I'm a past forester past fish and wildlife so I do all those ID <laughs> things that's what I do as a job and, and I, I know the species so during the lockdown I went well I might as well go out and do the ID teach my students but also put it on my social media for other people and everybody goes like I didn't know you knew all those trees I was like yeah whatever I'm like
2: <laughs> this is kind of part of how I was getting into it and stuff yeah it's um, kind of
1: a split world right it, it really is and and also the main thing just for so you know, I do not let the college use my happy camper because I learned long ago that the administrators would say, well, famous happy camper uh, works here." I went no, you make you pay me twenty four thousand dollars a year here I'm part-time you treat me like crap not my colleagues but the administration. You're not using my name. And I got I had to be smart with that. And I know I'm going off on tangent with that, but but there was a day where I grew up and and said, "You're not doing that. I'm here because I'm teaching tree ID. That's what I'm good at, not because I'm this guy I have some
2: training. Yeah, social media
1: celebrity. Whatever.
2: Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, we we are right at the edge. Thank you again so much for coming out. This has been a riot. I we if you're at all interested, we'll absolutely have you back. Just just to yak. Who cares? We
1: love it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think this is so, so great. Uh, I think you guys are doing an awesome job, and you're looking good tonight. Look at that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Thanks so much for coming out, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate right. it. Take care. Have a good night.
0: That's it for us for today. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. We so appreciate Kevin Callen. If you would like to reach out to him, he is the Happy Camper on Facebook. KC Happy Camper on YouTube. KevinCaleb.com is his website. And he's at KC Happy Camper on Twitter and at KC Happy Camper on Instagram. That's it for us for today. My name is Pamela. I'm still Tim. And we are from SuperGoodCamping.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, our email address is hi at SuperGoodCamping.com. That's H-I at SuperGoodCamping.com. And we are on all the social media If you would like to reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, we would appreciate it. Thanks. Bye.
2: Bye.